Hey everyone, welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me on another journey along the podcast airwaves. My next guest, uh, you know, she has got a laundry list of unbelievable achievements on her resume. Spartan USA Trail Champion, Olympic Trials Qualifier, second place in the USATF 50K Championships, third place in the USATF 100K Championships, Solomon Pro Athlete, fitness coach. Oh my God. It, it just keeps going on and on. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of her stories and, and how she got into running. Let's get right into it, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Welcome to the trail life, Regina Lopez. The trail life podcast is presented by Solomon for 75 years. Their passion for outdoor sports, new technologies, and craftsmanship have driven them to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear. Perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running store like Runner's Roost or on Solomon.com. So I have a lot to talk to you about. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, ha- I've had some really great guests on this show, but I haven't had uh, a ton with your type of resume on it. I mean, you're a really good, it's a really good crossover between trail running and road running. I mean, Spartan trail champion, uh, Olympic trials qualifier, uh, Solomon pro runner. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So, and I, I'm kind of confused on some of the timelines too, Regina. So I'm, I'm hoping that you can kind of break down some of that because one of the things that we talked about just before we got on air was uh, your 50 mile uh, run on a treadmill, which used to be a world record. Now it's not. And we'll get into some of that conversation, but even some of that makes your resume so diverse from some of the other people that I've had a chance to talk to on this podcast, which is really awesome. So um, congratulations on all of that, by the way. Thank you um, so much. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So let's, so let's just start from the very beginning. What, what got you into running itself? Because from what I understand, you were a pretty good athlete in high school growing up, correct? Yes. I, I actually, I've been, uh, I participated in sports since the age of five. So I've always been an athlete and I always knew I wanted to pursue being an athlete. I don't know if it was like, if it was going to be basketball, volleyball, I just knew I was going to be an athlete. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with running my junior year of high school. Cross country track. What were you, what was your big, your big spot in that? Cross country. Cross country. All right. So we, so that's a good start. That's trail running right there to get go. (laughs) Um, And then you, did you compete throughout, uh, throughout high school or just starting your junior year, I guess, right. As you said. Yeah. I started running my junior year of high school. (laughs) And then if I read right, you actually led into UCLA. Did you run for UCLA? I ran for Oregon State University, but I did okay. a camp for UCLA. Okay, got it. That's that's where my confusion, part of my confusion was. I saw UCLA in there, and I was like, man, for two years of high school running, to jump right into <laughs> into UCLA is awesome. So, <laughs> what got you into what got you into cross country? Like, what was kind of that point of? Oh, you know, you, like you said, you were an athlete, you know, throughout your you know youth. What was one of those things that really drew you into wanting to start running? Well, I, 
I uh, went to a small private school and there wasn't enough athletes in the cross country team. So the senior her name was Mario and she asked me to join to join cross country because they didn't have enough girls. And I looked up to her, you know, she was beautiful. You know, she ran fast. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it and I'll do it for fun. So leading in from that to getting, you know, doing camps um, and, you know, college and everything, doing college running, what got you into, like, what was your thing? How I want to phrase this. How was your uh, running career started then after, after you got done with college and got out of it, did you start doing races while you were in high school, in college, as far as like your road races and all that stuff? Oh, so got you. So I remember how I mentioned that I pay, I basically played all sports. I played, I played cross country. And then at that same time I was doing basketball. So I was doing two sports at the same time. And I remember a co- um, one of my teachers at the time, he told me that it's like if I want a scholarship and if I want to run in college, I needed to decide on one sport so I could um, just be just be great at that sport. So I could try to get a scholarship. Mm. And that's how I was able to get a scholarship for Oregon State University and compete there. So leading into post-college, um, were, how like... Were you get like one of those things like, Hey, I want to do road races. I want to like, where's your trajectory as far as your running career goes once you're into the sport and doing this, like, are you looking at it as, Hey, I want to do all these marathons or I want to just do this for fun. Or I want to try and compete and this professionally. What, what was your trajectory as far as growing up for that? I, don't know, I always had in my mind that I was going to make the Olympic trials and <laughs> You know, I, w- I would, you know, um, tell my friends, like, I'm going to make the Olympic trials one day. And they were just staring at me. And, I, <laughs> and then luckily, you know, I had a twin too. I, st- I still have a twin, but, you know, her and I were very close and we trained really hard together. And our goal was to make the Olympic trials. And we ran 80 miles a week. We did a lot of steady states leading up to the marathon and we made it. So and this is where I kind of want to get into the timeline. So you did the Olympic trials qualifier. Did you do that? Uh, was it 2020 or was that two, um, 2017? 2017. Okay. Yes. Wow. So you, so what was, and so for anybody who is not familiar with how the Olympic trials qualifier works, uh, you have to compete in a specific race or one specific race. that's a qualifier for that. And you have to have a specific time. Is that correct? Yeah. So for to make the Olympic trials, you need to run under two five and under. Huh. And then does it, it are some of the races? Is it kind of like is it kind of like a Boston Marathon qualifier where there's specific races that have that qualification? There's certain marathons that don't qualify you, but mostly all marathons they do qualify you in making the Olympic trials. They do. Yes. So it's, so it's so it's pretty much just the time itself. Is yes, what, is what gets you. So when you're when you make it into the qualifier, go from, from explanation on that. Like, how does that work from, from a race perspective? Because does that qualifier, how well do you have to do in that qualifier to actually make it to the next step of the Olympic trials? Like what's again, walk me through if somebody who does not know anything about, about the, the, the qualifier itself. You have to run a six, six eighteen average pace. So that's a that's under two forty five. So from there, you go to Olympic trials with all like the the USA athletes, and then they're all at one location and they compete. And the top three go to the Olympics. Wow. 
So you're, you're competing with, and then what's the, what's the age range as far as people that are competing? Uh, Cause obviously if you're, are they bringing in people that are like in their thirties, in their forties that are, that are hitting that same pace yeah. right and mm-hmm. it's not it's not so much just the 18 and 20 year olds we're, we're talking the older the older crew yeah right? <laughs> all right so so for any of my listeners that are listening into this and you are scared to jump into a marathon and run fast you could still qualify if you're near 40 and 50 years old come on now <laughs> they actually change the standard now oh they so did now you have to run a 235 and i mean sorry not 235 237 and under they just right. changed it this like last year all right so still for anybody who's 30 and 40 just getting into running you still have that chance yes the, the dream is still alive yes <laughs> <laughs> um so they take the top three and it's that as soon as you hit the top three is that actually your qualifier into the team or is that another round after that no, that's just your qualifier to get into the team. Oh, really? Wow. That's cool. I, I, I here, I thought it was a little bit more of a complex process as far as, okay, here's your qualifier marathon, um, which is held in Atlanta. Is that still the case? Yeah, it was done there. It was okay. a really hilly course. <laughs> <laughs> which is good. They don't, you know, you don't want to make it too flat. You know, got to make some competition with it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that's weird. I always thought it was you do that qualifier and then there's another qualifier on top of that to actually narrow it down. So that's interesting to me that, that, uh, they do really just open it up to anybody and everybody who can, who can, you know, run fast, I guess. Yeah. Which is really cool, which makes it even more unique that with this qualifier is your twin sister also made it. Yes. We both made it. So, that was our goal. <laughs> so <laughs> who finished better? And then how much competition was there between the two of you to better yourselves? <laughs> no, actually, we went into that race not competing against each other. We went in there just trying to make the time. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't because you have everyone at different levels and you even have people, um, male pacers coming in and trying to help all women trying to make the time. So it wasn't about like, oh, who's going to place better. It's mm-hmm. more like who's going to make the time to qualify. Like that was just our only goal just to qualify. Yeah. Well, I mean, just alone from the experience wise, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty unique thing anyway, but mm-hmm. for you to be able to participate with your, with your sibling. Yeah. I mean, just had to add this whole entire other adrenaline rush on top of it. I would think that you've got two people in your, in your family that are able to have that opportunity. Um, is she still a runner now to this day as well? Yeah, she's a runner. Um, she does more have, she actually just got, um, just had a baby. So she's barely getting back into running again. Going from Olympic trials to that was 2017. I'm going to jump ahead to 2019 when you decided to do your first trail race. And to me, this is interesting. One, you jumped into the Spartan USA trail championships um, as your first event and you competed against probably some of the best trail runners there is when it comes to the sport. A, what made you get into trying out your first trail run? What made you try that race in itself? And then tell me the... Explain to me the difference between what you've seen from a road perspective and a trail perspective, because it's two different beasts yeah, for sure. It is. Um, what, I'm trying to think at that time. I 
just remember hanging out with a girl. She she does Spartan obstacle course, like courses. And she um, asked me one day, like, oh, you should come and do a trail, like a mountain run with me. I'm like, okay. And, you know, I would see her like, fly up on those mountains like I want to do that too and she's like like, you know she she had great form she's strong she had a lot of muscle so I was like I want that too you know so I started running more in the mountain scene and then she told me about the Spartan um, trail championships and she said I should do it and then I said okay and yeah, I won. But honestly, <laughs> before that race, I didn't even know who's going to be there. Like, I didn't know, like, I was going to be around really fast athletes. I like, I'm happy I didn't look. So, you know, I went in there, just, I did my best and I won. Um, ignorance is bliss. So not knowing some of the names, uh, who was there, how, how competitive they were probably played to your advantage on that. But I also trained hard too. So I was confident oh, yeah. in that race going in. Like, so a lot of my training, I was split into like a lot of mountain running and then I would do a lot of speed work on the road. And then I would do a lot of CrossFit too. So I was, mm-hmm. I was really into my training. Were you training like that for like your road races too, or this is just something completely different that you were like, you know what, I'm going to switch up my, switch up my training schedule and my, and what I'm doing rem regimen to kind of just because you didn't maybe really didn't know what to expect from a trail race. Yeah. I completely changed my, changed my training. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to explain the difference in what you saw between trail and road running, because it is, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I say this time and time again, and I'm sorry if my listeners are a little bit tired of me talking about it, but the trail running community is probably one of the most welcoming communities. Yeah that you can ever ask for, right? you get people that are willing to say hello, wish you luck, cheer you on at, mm-hmm. on the trail if they see you or they pass by you or you pass by them, high fives. I mean, it's, it's very inviting. Um, so I, I would love to hear your take coming from the road perspective and jumping into your very first trail race, which is a huge pro, pro event. I think that's what got me to do like a that that race, a Spartan Troll Championship race, because it was so welcoming. Like I felt like I wanted a community, and I felt like I didn't have that in the road. Um, I felt like in the road, it's very, it's very competitive, and everybody's uh-huh. like out to get each other. And then, and then in the trail scene, for example, I met that woman, and you know she's very helpful. You know, a lot of times when you do marathons, they don't want to tell you what they're doing or what race they're doing because they want to win. But in the trail scene, it's not like that. Like people will tell you what kind of wood yeah. races they're doing. And then during the race too, they're more, they're more helpful Yeah, as well. Well, yeah, that's like I said, I mean, it's, it's definitely a community aspect. Yeah. People, people really want other runners to succeed yes. in the sport. They want them to have a good time and come mm-hmm. back to racing the trails. I mean, it's... It, and it's the same way with road biking versus mountain biking too. It's, it's a completely different, uh, demographic yeah. and beast of, of what the way people think about, about the sport Yeah. It, when it comes to, you know, with different types of training, like, were you training, uh, different for like your hill, hill repeats and all that stuff? Like, what were you, what was kind of your mentality going into it? Like, okay, well, all right. First of all, where, where was the Spartan trail champions at that time? It was like going towards, I forgot, but it was going towards like Ventura area. Okay. So it was here in Southern California. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's, it probably had a little bit of a uh, little bit of Hills there and backed into it. So, um, were you out doing some Hill repeats and getting some of those, 
getting some of those trails in? Yeah, I did a lot of mount, mountain running. I did a lot of far leg. I trained, like, for example, I did, I would go on the track, do one case. I would hit like three twenties. The next day, my friend, um, Natalie, she would tell me like, Oh, let's do a workout with me. Let's go do hill repeats. I'm like, okay, let's go. So I was like doubling my workouts. Like I was like just training hard. (laughs) (laughs) Now from, from there, what other trail races have you done since, since, since this was again, 2019, obviously 2020 kind of stalled everything. Have you had a chance to do, uh, any other races? Cause I know you ended up doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you ended up doing the USATF 50K and 100K. Those are all actually road races. But yeah. So you did those after your Spartan trail race, right? Or was that before? No. I saw right after that, I did, I, w- I did like the Pasadena half marathon. I did the Black Canyon. Okay. I did Black Canyon. Um, I ran, what did I run that? I, I ran a 60K. That was my longest show race. <laughs> and then what other one did I do? And then I did the 50K championships and then I did the 100K. So okay. my last race was the 100K. So we need to get you doing 100K and a 50K on the dirt and not so much on the road, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually um, picking, I'm actually deciding on my next races. I'm going to go and attack. I'm actually looking into Mount Baldy. And then I'm looking into Kodiak as well. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Those are some solid, solid races coming up. Um, what, uh, and then the whole entire mix of this, you became a Solomon sponsored athlete, which shout out to Solomon. They are our presenting sponsor as well. So much love for, for Solomon as a, as a company as a whole, go ahead and explain, like jump in on that just for a quick minute, because being being an athlete growing up, being an athlete who wanted to do something on a professional level or a little bit more of a career quote unquote scale, like explain how Solomon coming in and and supporting you changed the, like gave you a big boost. I mean, it had to have made a big difference in the way you train for, for events, way you looked at events and everything else. Correct. Yeah. So actually when cause I was talking to Solomon before I run the Spartan championships and I was, you know, we're, we're like just connecting back and forth. And I just felt like I had to train hard because I really want to be part of the team. So I just entered in different races and that's why I trained so hard because, because my goal and I visualized like, I want to be part of Solomon. You know, that was yeah. just my goal. Like I, I just love that, you know, what they were all about. I love, I just love their, you know, their shoes. I love their product products. So, you know, that's, so I ran the Spart the Spartan championship race I won. So I, I like I would, you know, after that race, I'm like, okay, look, I ran this race and this is how I did. <laughs> or, you know, after like the half marathon, like for example, passing, I'm like, look, I got first place and, you know, and I want to be part of the team. So it's just me just back and forth. And I think they sense <laughs> I want to be part of the team. So I was always contacting them. Yeah. Maybe it was, uh, you keep knocking on their door being, okay, finally, we'll just, we'll just do it. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so running the 50 K. So I'm quite interested in the, the 50 K and the hundred K USATF because mm-hmm. you don't, I mean, when you think of 50 K and hundred K, you don't immediately go to the road aspect of it. Um, what was that experience like for you? Because both of those are East coast, right? New York and Jersey, something like that. Give or take. Yes. So the 50 K was in New York and then the hundred K was in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Got it. Doing those on the road. Like what are you, 
what kind of courses are they setting those up on? Is it all, it's just all road, correct? It's not. It's, it's all road. Yeah. And I would hate to do 62 miles on a, <laughs> uh, on road, just straight away. You know, that's me. I'm, I'm a trail runner. So my joints would just be screaming at me for, for uh road running like that. So 2020 hits and you know, a lot of things shut down. You decided to somehow jump on a treadmill for 50 plus miles or 50 miles. And at the time you did that, you hadn't, you hadn't done anything longer than six miles on the treadmill before. So <laughs> what, what was the, uh, what was the transition into, you know what, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to do this. Was this something that you had read about or heard about beforehand that you wanted to try and accomplish, or is this something that you were just like, Look, I'm going to try and do it. Here's the time I need to be and go from there. Like, because that doing it that way, you want to talk about just a mental mind fuck is like yeah. physically, physically is one thing, but mentally running for 50 miles on a treadmill can just be soul crushing. Right. Mm-hmm. And from somebody who can't run any longer than a mile on a treadmill, <laughs> what was that experience? Like, how did you get into that? So I found out about doing the treadmill race, like maybe like six days prior. And I wasn't really training at that time. I was like, like my longest run prior to that was maybe like 16 miles. And I just, I don't know with me when someone tells me like, okay, there's this race. I don't know. There was something in me. It's like, I want to do it. And I could be very too optimistic. Like I'm not thinking about, oh, it's 50 miles. I just, if I have a goal and I, and I want to do it, I'm just, okay, I'm doing it. I know. Yeah, I know. I could be a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, was there some inspiration to jump on the treadmill and, and do it? Or you just looked at it and like, listen, I, I don't, I wanted to see if I can just find out if I can do this. I just wanted to see how, what I, how was, what I was going to do. And then also my goal was to make the road record too. So that was my goal too. So you were kind of explaining it to me off air. Um, you originally, you did it in eight, eight hours and a few minutes. I can't remember what the exact time time I can't remember, but it was eight hours, something. So originally you had the world records and you said that they adjusted some of the, how that, how that plays out. Like what, what happened in that scenario that took that away from you and, and how far off now are you from, from having that world record? Well, the things that after the race, you know, the, the, the team, um, like director and everyone said that I made the world record. And then after is when it came down to sending it to the, you know, the, the main people to determine if it's world record, they said that, oh no, I didn't qualify. You had to meet this time. So that's why. And that was always a, was that always the, the time to beat? It was not an not an adjusted time, I guess. A lot of people didn't check, and and that's why I, I took their word for it and said, like, I should have uh, just looked at it. That's why. Ah, uh, comes down to the crew. Yes, it does. Gotta have a good crew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, uh, and and this goes back to this comes around to the idea of, of having a good crew and having people surround you correctly. Yes. Um, I've heard a, a few other podcasts you've done. And one of the things that always kind of comes back around is how you in the past, or maybe you still do have dealt with self-confidence and self-image issues. Yes. And, uh, you know, in, in today's world, that's, I mean, I can see how a lot of people 
suffer with some of those issues. Um, you see, you know, Instagram influencers and everybody else out there, they never show what, what actually looks like. It's always about the perception, right? Like this perfect mm-hmm. per- perception of things. And I think a lot of, you know, being a race director and being a, having a chance to talk to a lot of new runners at events uh, time and time again, it, that's always the thing that I hear of too, is like, Hey, I was a little too worried to get out here. Right. Because I didn't know what people were going to think of me. I didn't know, am I the right body type to be a runner? Like so nervous and so scared of what their, what their perception was going to be. I would love for you to speak on that aspect and how, and if you can give any advice to those people that are listening in, like, how did you overcome some of the self-image and self-confidence issues and, and what would you tell people to this day? Like you you should be doing this. Yeah. Well, I think too, how, you know, my earlier, I told you I was a twin and, you know, her and I were always being compared a lot. Who's prettier, who's faster, who's like, you know, has a better body. So I was always like compared, like we're always compared to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think just one day just clicks, like, you know, all this is not true. And, you know, yeah, I just clicked. I I started surrounding myself with positive people who put me up. You know, it comes down to who you surround yourself with. with. And I and, and I started having self-confidence about myself too. And then too, I started like, I don't know how like a, another word for it, but I kind of isolated myself and I and kind of like, you know, basically like kind of found myself in a way and, and basically told myself like, no, like all those things, those negative things that people have said about me is not true. Like I'm going to basically determine what I want in my future. You know, like if I want to run fast, I'm going to run fast. I just have to train for it. If I want to like do anything in my life, I have to work for it. It doesn't matter what people think. So that's how I live my life now. (laughs) And what advice would you, would you give somebody who's, who's dealing with the same, same type of issues? Don't worry about what other people think and to keep focusing on your goals and where you see yourself in the next 10 years or five years, you know, and keep having that drive to just be better than you were yesterday. Yeah. You know, I, again, it comes back to crew and community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you've, you've said it already as well. It's like surrounding yourself with like-minded people and people mm-hmm. who are willing to raise you up and raise, raise the bar for what you, you want to do with your own stuff. So I've always thought that was a really interesting point that you've made in some of the other podcasts you've done. And it's, it's with, you know, mental health month just passing us by. And, and as I, I've had a lot of conversations over the last month with people who struggle with mental health and that, that all falls right into it is the self-imaging aspect of it. And, um, you know, like I said, thank you very much for, for sharing your past experiences and, and giving some advice. What, what is next for you, um, when it comes to professional, personal, and even running? Cause I know you, you're right now, are uh, you're a, you're a fitness coach as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're kind of on that journey as well, but you've also taken some boards as of recently, or you're getting ready to take some boards. Yeah. Like so that. I'm getting ready to take, take boards. Um, <laughs> I just need to pass these boards. So it's, so once I pass, I'll be a board certified behavior analyst oh, and then so cool. I'll have my career. So, <laughs> yeah. So right now that's why like after this hundred K I feel like it's been a delay because I've been like racing. And then with me, I, I'm that kind of person who puts a hundred percent on what they do. So mm-hmm. when I'm racing and training, I give my, my all to that. Okay. So now it's like, I'm taking, I'm running, but I'm taking a break on racing so I could focus. Oh yeah. Because you know, my next goal is just to pass this test 
And afterwards, that's why I told you next, my next goal will be Mount Baldy. You know, yeah. I'm going to try to hopefully get the record there. I just have to train hard there. Yeah. Um, and then do Kodiak. Like, you, I mean, those are my races, you know, in the near future. But right now, I just want to focus on my so when, are, so when are your boards? When are you taking those? So I'm thinking by the end of the month. End of the month? Yeah. And so what are you, uh, as a behavioral specialist, what are you focusing on? So I specialize, I work with children with autism. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, younger kids, older yes, kids? Younger, younger kids. My oldest is 15. My youngest is four. Wow. So yeah. cool. I, I love my job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's got to be, that's one of those jobs that's got to be pretty rewarding when it's all said and done. I mean. Yes, it is. And it, it's always, autism is always been a very interesting thing to me and how much of a spectrum it is from one, from one side to the next. Right. And I'm assuming you work with everybody that's along that spectrum, whether it's the slightest of autism versus the the toughest, right? Wow. That is very cool and definitely rewarding for sure. Good luck with that. Thank I, hope, you. I hope the boards go really well. Um, and now once you get done with the boards, are you like, do you have your, your job set and squared away? Like you'll, you'll continue on doing what you're, where you're working at now. Yes. So I'll just be promoted. <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Promotion is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you very much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And your journey into uh, you're, you're running. I mean, like I said, it's, it, I love being able to talk to people that have such a diverse resume of stuff. I mean, it, it shows where people can, can take themselves, you know, whether it's a Spartan trail race to, you know, the Olympic qualifier or even, a, you know, the USATFs. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So I, I wish you the best of luck and, and everything that you're, you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you for connecting with me. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Trail Life Podcast is presented by Solomon. For 75 years, their passion for outdoor sports, new technologies, and craftsmanship have driven them to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear. Perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running store like Runner's Roost or on Solomon.com. Music for the Trail Life Podcast is provided by the poor, dirty astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Mm-hmm.